You're listening to episode number 34 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. Every Sunday, only on Sundays, I'll release a new podcast episode exploring topics like mental health, entrepreneurship, and my journey with self-care, which more recently has involved politics as well and diving back into my interest in public policy, things that are happening in politics, and kind of how that affects our culture as well. So this episode is touching a little bit on how my political identity has evolved over the past few years and why I made the move to Calgary, Alberta. Let's get into the episode. Episode one of the Self Care Sunday podcast, the intro episode, I talked a bit about why I left New Brunswick and moved to Montreal last October. But for this episode, I want to take you back a little bit further in my life and then forward to where we are today. A lot of people don't know that I'm actually from Alberta and I grew up in Alberta and that I just moved to the East Coast for university and I ended up staying there. So to some people that don't know that I'm from Alberta, Calgary seems like a super random place to move and live after living in Montreal. And for anybody that knows me from Alberta, there's also this question mark as to why I would move back after moving away seven years ago. And I think particularly because of the work that I do in fashion, you know, Calgary is not exactly a fashion hub. (laughs) So there has been a lot of questions and everyone has been super supportive, but I wanted to share this part of my journey with you. And because with every interview I do, I've been getting more and more questions about my story. So hopefully this will fill in more of the gaps. So a backstory on Kaylee Reed. I grew up in a tiny town called Olds in the province of Alberta. And it's this rural farm town where if you weren't a farmer or didn't grow up on a farm, you were called a townie. (laughs) And I think there was a population of like six or 7,000 people. My high school was relatively small, but not teeny. It was actually this really amazing school with super great teachers, programs, and a really good reputation in the area. So a lot of kids from other small towns within 30 or 60 minutes would enroll to our high school and I think there was 147 kids in my graduating class it was the biggest ever grad class in the history of Olds High School up until that point point. and so if you're not from Canada to give you context Alberta is kind of known as the Texas of Canada so it's super conservative getting a lot more progressive over the past 10 years or so, but it's always been the home of conservatives and kids would legit wear cowboy boots to school or going out and that is just a common thing that happens. Growing up, my friends' families were dairy farmers and bull breeders and I was just a townie. I always kind of felt like I didn't belong in this small town where you had to drive an hour to the big city to get to a mall. You know, I loved fashion and performing music. And when I was in grade nine, I remember being asked to write about my ultimate dream life, like 10 years in the future where I saw myself. And I wrote about moving to New York and being on Broadway. And I've always wanted that big city life and that dream. 
So as I got into high school, I started doing a ton of student leadership things to the point where I was traveling all over North America to go to student leadership conferences throughout my high school career. And then I actually got to be co-chair of the Canadian Student Leadership Conference, or as we called it, CSLIC, where we hosted like a thousand kids from across the country in our small town of Olds, Alberta, and I was one of the conference MCs. And so this was when I was like in grade nine going into grade 10. I was very much your typical Leo, your typical A-type personality student who wanted to be everywhere and do everything, and that included musical theater and student government and volunteering for everything. And so at Old High School, there's this specially designed program called the Academic Team, or AT, and you basically had to apply to get into this self-directed learning program. And it was kind of like an early stepping stone to university. So we would have seminar blocks and then get free blocks for most of the day to just work on the material by ourselves. So we weren't actually in classes all day, and that's when I really started to carve out my political identity as a liberal, and I became really interested in politics. So that was another layer of feeling like I didn't belong in Alberta. (laughs) I had started to believe and advocate for a lot of progressive ideas, and I felt like I was always arguing the other side with some of my peers and family because where I lived was such a conservative place. So one day we had alumni from the academic team program come and share what they were doing after high school, and one of them had gone on to this super unique program at the University of New Brunswick called Renaissance College, and the program was structured kind of similarly to AT, with really small class sizes and an emphasis on critical thinking, and it was mandatory to do two internships throughout the program, one of which had to be international. So the program itself gives you a Bachelor of Philosophy in Interdisciplinary Leadership Studies, and it was the only leadership degree program at the time in Canada, so I immediately decided that that's what I wanted to do. I was so involved and interested in leadership and politics and getting a degree in leadership seemed like the absolute perfect thing for me. It was also a four-year degree condensed into three years, which made it even more appealing. So I was pretty much sold. I had considered other bigger schools like UBC in Vancouver or McGill in Montreal, but ultimately when I was one of 30 people accepted to the 2011 class at Renaissance College, I took the offer. I had felt like I didn't belong in small town Alberta for so long, and this was kind of the perfect escape literally thousands of kilometers away on the opposite end of the country. So as I talked to my teachers and people from my hometown about what I was doing after university, I was really just adamant about getting out of this place and doing something that mattered. So that's how I ended up in New Brunswick, studying philosophy and leadership with an open mind and an ambitious heart. And I laugh now, but when I got to Fredericton, New Brunswick, 
I actually felt like I was in a big city compared to where I grew up. Mind you, there's a population of like 50,000 people in Fredericton, but it was this exciting new adventure and it was so beautiful. And I swear the University of New Brunswick campus is the most gorgeous place in Canada during the fall time. So I arrived and felt like I was stepping into Hogwarts. It was a dream. So my time in university, it was one of the most liberal schools and educations that I could have received, uh, and that really initially solidified my political beliefs as a liberal, and then eventually kind of led me to questioning my beliefs. Um, I almost had like very socialist beliefs, um, a socialist identity, when I ironically decided to write a paper about consumer capitalism, but from the opposite position that I had. So me being the total nerd that I am, decided to write this paper for fun um, about the benefits of consumer capitalism, which at the time was totally against my beliefs. I was very much a leftist who thought that capitalism was equivalent to evil and everything that was wrong with our society. But I wrote this paper, and at the time, I saw it almost as satire. And then I started realizing that I actually believed a lot of the points that I made because I couldn't present the same arguments for the other side as strongly as I had for capitalism. So this is when I started looking into capitalism and particularly business as a tool for change. Up until this point, I'd been more interested in public policy and government to affect change, but I started seeing examples like Tentree and Tom's growing really enormously, and I thought maybe business actually is a more efficient and time-effective route to creating the change that you want to see in the world. Particularly, fashion was this common thread among social enterprises that I really admired. So in my third year of university, I put a portfolio together and I sent it to Parsons New School of Design in New York. And soon enough, I had heard back that I had been accepted with a $50,000 scholarship to do my master's in fashion studies with my thesis focusing on how fashion can be used as a tool for political and societal gain, and really diving into the psychology of why fashion is such an important medium. So that was my plan. I was going to move to New York City and finally live out this big city life that I'd been dreaming of since I was little, and then I kind of accidentally co-founded a startup instead, which used fashion as a medium to create conversations about mental health. And I remember the exact meeting with one of my favorite professors. I was a couple months into this startup life and had to decide whether or not to go to Parsons and do my master's or give this business a shot because I didn't think that I could do both. He told me that school will always be there, but that this startup might be a once in a lifetime opportunity and the timing was pulling me that way. So I actually declined my scholarship and school offer, and instead of moving to New York, I decided to stay in New Brunswick and dove headfirst 100% into the startup world. That's where most of you probably know my story beginning. 
And it was this once-in-a-lifetime adventure, and I wouldn't trade that decision, but it set me on a very different path than I had anticipated. I ended up in New York a year or so later, not to study fashion, but to actually show a collection during New York Fashion Week, which is one of the coolest experiences I've ever had, and I will never forget it. But three years later, I was completely burnt out and felt like I'd lost my personal identity to this startup and to my work. And so I ultimately left the company and moved from New Brunswick to Montreal for a brand new chapter, which is what I talked about in the intro episode of Self-Care Sunday. And something I only touched on briefly in that episode was how all of this affected my political identity. I had been working with a male co-founder and primarily male advisors for three years, and the lack of female mentors and female investors led me to my interest in feminism and uncovering why women are underrepresented in business and in positions of power. And so the more that I read, the more hooked I became with feminism to the point where I was truly identifying with radical feminism and would spend hours every week reading articles and studies and listening to podcasts and watching videos and documentaries and fell pretty hard to the left for about a year. Now, this same past year was also pretty rocky for me personally. I just found myself in a rut after moving to Montreal, and I talked more about that in episode 5, titled Getting Out of a Rut. I basically didn't know what to do next. I felt like so much of myself and my life had been tied to my startup that when I left, I was rediscovering Kaylee again, and it was both this wonderful and really challenging few months of figuring out what it was that I actually wanted to do, and who I wanted to be outside of my work. In retrospect, I think that being so consumed in the feminist space was something that maybe also affected my overall mood and feelings of being helpless in that time. I would read these horrific stories every day of the injustices that women around the world were facing, And it got to the point where I just felt like there was absolutely nothing I could do or start to do that would begin to make an impact. And while I spoke about feminism, and still do, a bit on my social media, I maybe only shared 10% of my personal journey into feminism with my audience because I felt like I was still learning so much and I didn't know how to articulate and share a lot of what I learned in a succinct and impactful way that wasn't just me being angry or depressed. It was, in a way, similar to the feelings uh, that I experienced in the mental health community after a couple years of advocacy, just feeling completely exhausted and emotionally drained by the content. And after a while, being in those spaces didn't necessarily serve me the way that they once did because the community and the rhetoric and the narratives that were happening felt to me like 
a broken record and a lot of the same talking points without any real action on on those issues. So not only was I questioning my career path, I was also questioning my role as an advocate, an activist, as a writer, an influencer, and as a single woman in her mid-twenties with no fiancé, no marriage, or kids on the way. Now at this point, the only constant I realized I had in my life was my family, and they were still 3,500 kilometers away. I'd been off on my own for seven years now, alone, in a new city, and now I was just questioning everything. And my heart said to go back home and be closer to family. So never in my life would I have expected to want to move back to Alberta after spending the majority of my life wanting to get out. But here I was. So I had been freelancing full-time, taking all the skills and experience I had with digital marketing in the startup world and applying that to clients in the fashion and beauty e-commerce space. And what that meant was that I was working remotely from home for clients all over the globe and I could be anywhere. And so being in Montreal wasn't necessarily beneficial to my career, In fact, because the fashion industry in Montreal is heavily influenced with French, it probably hindered me a little bit to be in a city that I would never fully advance with clients because I don't speak fluent French in a professional setting. The whole time I lived in Montreal, I actually never had a single client from Quebec, which is kind of funny to me. Uh, So other than friends and a new guy that I had started dating, I didn't have anything particularly tying me to the city for the foreseeable future. And this guy who I had started seeing was also not from Montreal, uh, and he wanted to move back home to where he was from. And so while I loved living in Montreal for a year, it was, you know, so many good things. So beautiful, always exciting, um... I kind of felt like a tourist there and I couldn't see my life playing out for years and years and years there. And so that's fine. Um, And it's probably exactly what I needed for a gap year in my career. It was really fun and I met some incredible people, but I never felt at home there. So around the same time that I was coming to this decision to move to Calgary, I was also being pulled out of the left, politically speaking. Now, I'd identified as a liberal my entire life. I was very heavily involved in the mental health community for the past three years. I was now identifying as a radical feminist. And yet, these online spaces, the mental health and feminist communities, were actually making me feel really miserable and guilty 24 7. It's easier to say that with confidence after stepping outside of those spaces and having a breath of fresh air, but in retrospect, the pressure in advocacy, the victim mentality, and this culture of always being oppressed and under attack simply for existing were all things that led me to feel really disempowered in my own life 
which is kind of the opposite of what these movements are supposed to do and what these movements stand for. But that's how I was feeling after being very consumed by this ideology for a really long time. So while I was down a YouTube rabbit hole, as we all go, I started watching a couple debates around feminism and left ideology with some more prominent YouTube figures. A lot of them you would recognize uh, as those in the intellectual dark web, or so it's called. And it really, really started challenging my beliefs. Uh, Beliefs that had been ingrained since my very liberal undergrad education. I personally have been feeling like these communities that I felt so much connection to had jumped off the railroad tracks and were going full speed out of control with a cliff in sight. And it's something that I've spoken about with a couple close friends on both the left and the right who are also interested in political ideology and the kind of culture war that's going on right now. But I've really struggled and grappled with where exactly I do lie on the political spectrum if I don't identify with the current narrative of the left. And what I realized living in a city like Montreal is that it is so far left generally just being a young university city and I could sense in some cases that speaking openly and critically about some of these issues that I have with the left just wasn't fully welcome because there's not a ton of political diversity with young people and that's okay but I started getting more excited to move to Calgary because in some ways I almost see it as more accepting and open to a lot of this dialogue because it is traditionally more conservative and critical of the left and so having any kind of dialogue and critique like this is welcome. I literally never thought that I would say that (laughs) but I have found that a lot of my more conservative friends have been more open to discussion around these issues uh, than some of my very left-wing friends who are so convinced of their own opinions and ideology that not only is there room for discussion, there's just zero tolerance for anything really outside of that groupthink. And if you want to have that conversation, you're already labeled as the enemy. So, where does that leave me? Um, I still consider myself a liberal, but I no longer identify with the left. And I know I haven't fully delved into those reasons and the situations that have led me here, but that's enough for another full episode, really. Uh, So this liberal girl who left Alberta, hoping for a big city life in New York, has decided after seven years to eagerly move back home and with no morsels of regret or anxiety that this was the right decision. As for what's next for me, I might share more of that journey with you as we go. 
I've mentioned in a few podcast episodes now that I've been thinking of starting a separate podcast to share more of these political experiences, thoughts, and questions, but the response has overwhelmingly been to keep these topics and this conversation a part of Self-Care Sunday, since... For me, I guess, being on this journey of self-awareness, even politically, is really a part of my own self-care. So we'll see how this goes, and I'll leave it at that for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. And you can find my weekly inspiration and mood board on Instagram at Self-Care Sunday. Happy Self-Care Sunday, everyone. 